0: Catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com.
1: Today we take a look at the topic, new technologies for uterine fibroids. Do you suffer from heavy menstrual periods and abdominal pain? Do your periods seem to last longer than normal? Have you made changes to your life because of your menstrual cycle? If your answer is yes to any of these questions, then you may have uterine fibroids. Uterine fibroids are a type of non-cancerous growth that forms in the muscle cells of the uterus. Women may have one fibroid or many fibroids. We can range in size from a tiny seed to a large bulky mass, the size of a grapefruit. Fibroids are often found incidentally during routine pelvic exams and to confirm that you have uterine fibroids, your doctor may order further imaging or lab tests. Now, 20 to 40% of premenopausal women have fibroids and some doctors estimate that this number is higher. However, only 5 to 10% of women with fibroids actually develop symptoms. Fibroids do not spread to other parts of the body and are not dangerous But when they do exhibit symptoms, they can sometimes be severe Now up to 80% of women have uterine fibroids And a third might suffer from problems associated with them until recently, doctors could offer only a few options when it comes to medication. Myomectomy to remove the fibroids, uterine fibroids, embolization to starve the growths, MRI-guided focused ultrasound, or hysterectomy to remove the entire uterus. Options were limited, to to help ease symptoms such as abdominal pain, bulky discomfort, bleeding, and iron deficiency anemia. But today, there are new emerging advanced technology to shrink uterine fibroids. And that is what we'll look at in this conversation. I have the chief executive officer of Nordica Fertility Center, is also the founder of the Physicians Roundtable, the Endometriosis Support Group and co-founder of the African Endometriosis Awareness and Support Foundation. He is an alumnus of Stanford University's SEED Institute for Innovation in Developing Economics. Let's welcome Dr. Abayomi Ajayi. Hello, doctor. Good afternoon to you, Sam. Thank you for joining us. How are you doing today? I'm very well, thank you. I'm very well. Dr. Yomi, let's talk. Why does fibroids come with no symptoms? And in that case, is it harmful to the woman when she doesn't show symptoms of fibroids?
0: Well, yes, let's put it in context. That is not every fibroid that does not have symptoms. Majority might not have. But when they grow to a particular size, also they start having symptoms. The symptoms also vary depending on where these fibroids are located. Maybe we'll start from defining what fibroids are, just like you said in your intro. they are non-cancerous growths on and in the uterus. And the majority of them, until they reach a particular size, they might not just give you any symptoms. But some do give symptoms. And when they do, the commonest symptom they give, of course, is that there is a swelling there. So there is what we call a mass Okay, so sometimes people mistake that they are pregnant, when in actual fact what well, they have are fibroids. So, okay, and then also when it gets so big and you do attend to it, it has what we call pressure effect on the organs that are adjacent to it. So it's possible that the woman can have constipation because it's encroaching on the on the intestine. She could be passing urine. Frequently, because it's actually encroaching on the or pressing on, on the bladder. And sometimes it's even possible for her not to be able to urinate at all, like what we call retention, where the bladder is filled and then it cannot be emptied. So that, occurs very rarely depends on the location of the fibroid. And then also sometimes is that they have pain during their menstrual period. Okay, this pain, of course, it's uh, only during the menstrual period and um, it's, it's crampy. And then for some people, is that affects the way they bleed, either the menses becomes very heavy and they're usually associated with crops, or sometimes also it just becomes very irregular. And of course, one of the reasons why they see gynecologists in Nigeria and in Africa is that sometimes fibres can be associated with infertility. So those are the ways that the fibres can... so. So back to your question um depends on where it is depend on the symptoms because sometimes women can bleed onto the point that they collapse because of shortage of blood in their body because they've lost blood for all of a, a long period of time so it could be dangerous despite the fact that it's not a cancer it could be dangerous
1: amazing now Talking about the treatment of fibroids, I've over time, as I said in my introduction, that we now have new emerging technologies, aside the one that we are all used to. So, uh, Dr. Ajayi, please share with us some of the new emerging technologies that we have in treating fibroids.
0: The latest kid on the block now is what we call HIFU, high-intensity focused ultrasound. And this is actually very interesting because it tends to, you know, over the years, this, the treatment of fibroids, especially the surgery for fibroids, has uh, almost become notorious. People are afraid because of one mishap or the other. Let me put this in context to start with: that these mishaps really, they might be one too many for because every human life is sacred. But really, when you compare the number of fibroid surgeries that we do in Nigeria and in Africa to when things go south, you see that it's not, uh, it's, it's not, that, um, it's not everyone that goes south, in other words. But the, anyone that really goes south, there's a lot of uh, 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 bad press about it, which I think, uh, because of the life involved, or some because of the risk involved, then it's good to do that. But what I'm trying to say is that when we look at what are the possible things that can cause problems when a woman removes fibroids through surgery, what we call mammetomy, is that bleeding is the number one problem, and then anesthesia is the number two problems, like the number two problem, pardon me. But these two problems are completely erased when you use food. In IFU, you don't cut at all, so there is no blood loss. In IFU, you don't use general anesthesia. And that actually makes it very safe, especially in an environment like us where the patient-doctor ratio is becoming more scandalous by the day, now that even our doctors are even leaving again. So I think it's just a wonderful piece of equipment to have at this point in time. Now, how does IFU work? IFU, it's like the name... Suggest a high-intensity focused ultrasound. So it's ultrasound. The machine now focuses the ultrasound. You remember many years ago when we used to do physics, what we do is that uh, when we do mirrors, we do concave and convex lenses. We, what we do is that we concentrate light on a piece of paper and at a particular distance, it, it starts burning. But you can, the interesting thing is that you can put your hand in between. It's not going to burn you. Well, it's going to burn the piece of paper at that particular radius. And that's the same way that the high hypho machine works. It only takes effect at the radius at which the machine is set. So it's targeted. So it only destroys only the fibroids. The organs that are there or are near it are really not destroyed. So, and that's one of the things that makes it to be very safe uh, form of treatment in that it converts ultrasound into heat energy. And then this heat energy now bonds the fibroid because it's been preset. And then we just change where it's the point of the fibroid that we're, where we want it to bond. We burn it line by line until we're able to bond the whole fibroid. And then that's the end of the treatment. So we don't even, you don't cut, we don't even touch the woman during the procedure except for her to change, maybe change her position if you want to, we, we want to focus on a particular part of the fiber, which you might not be seeing well because of the way she's lying, except to change how she's lying. And then one important thing, aspect of the treatment in high food is that you must be able to communicate. You must talk to your doctor. That's why we don't use GA, because we want you to be able to talk to us. And in about one and a half hours, two hours of you lying down, the treatment is all over. And we just observe for two hours after that, and you're good to go home. So it's, it's a dead case. We don't cut. Uh, you can go home that very day. You can start work, say, 48, 72 hours after that. And everything is as if nothing has happened to you, except you take some analgesics in the process because some people can have some crampy um, feeling after the procedure. They take what just oral analgesics will be okay for you. And then you're good to go.
1: Wow, doctor. I'm sure someone listening right now is wowed. Technology has really, really done a lot. Now, doctor, I think one major question that might be on the on the mind of someone listening right now is, um, is it painful? You know, you said no cutting. Yes, we understand. And you're using light rays, so to say, to kill the fibroid cells. So is it painful at mm. all? Do you feel any pain while the entire process is ongoing?
0: No pain, but, you okay, of course, you can feel some discomfort, and I explain what, especially how. Now, because we convert ultrasound to heat energy, the heat is going to pass through some is through water because ultrasound travels better in water. It's going to tra- pass through water. So where you're lying down, you're lying down water. So this water is usually raised to about 10 degrees, okay? But sometimes it's a little bit more than that, and that's one of the reasons why we want you to be conscious so that you can tell us if the water seems to be getting too hot for you, we can stop and start all over again. So you could have some, of course, because your uterus also, we're working on the uterus, the fibroid might go into contraction. So you could have some, that's what I mean by the spasm. And of course, we give some analgesic during the process. But after that, all you need will be oral analgesics. Uh, to quieten this contraction, like the protest from the fibroid is not going to go without a fight before it goes. It has to give you some, it will give some fight. So that's why we do the analgesics. But that's about all. So more of discomfort than pain. Now there's some things that can go wrong during this process. And that's, those are the things that we actually died against. The one I've told you is this, uh, water becoming a little bit too hot. And that's why we wanted to be able to talk. To tell us if your abdomen is getting too hot, so that we we don't want this, your skin to get burnt in the, during the process. So, and that's why you are you are awake, and uh, you can communicate with us. The second thing is that um, because some fibroids are very near the nerves, um, so there could be back cut of it. So, because it's near the nerves and there is backscatter of it to the nerves, you could have some pain in your legs. And that's one of the reasons again that we want you to tell us if you're having pains in your legs so we can change the direction at which you are hitting the fiber from. Okay. So those are the, the third thing that could go wrong is that if your bowel is not empty, also there could be harm to the bowel. And therefore what we do is that before you have the procedure, we do bowel preparation. Once your bowel is empty, because ultrasound does not pass through gas very well. We want your bowel to be empty of both feces and gas. So we, we have the way that we prepare the barrel for that. Once you've done that, that's a smooth sailing. And um, very rarely does anything go wrong at all with the process. There have been over, let's say about 20,000 women have had the procedure all over the world. We have just started in Nigeria. I think we did that uh, number 21 yesterday. We're doing number 22 today. We've not had any problems at all. And so we guess that it's a good procedure to have. And uh, it's been in South Africa before now. In South Africa, they've done about over 400 cases. They've not had any major problem from that as well. So we we think it's a wonderful technology to have. And uh, we hope that many more women will embrace it. The Most important thing is that the selection of the patients, and that we're very, very strict about that to make sure that is the right people who are having this uh, procedure done on them. Once you do that, once you, you prepare your bio very well, you just lie down on the table and in one and a half hours, two hours, we tell you the procedure is over, and that's it.
1: Wow, you know, it's about coming to that question, Dr. Ajayi, asking that, uh, that HIFO, does it work for every female? Is it for every woman? Uh, is every woman open to going through this process?
0: Um, well, just like any method, it, it can't be for everybody. You have to choose the people that is almost for almost everybody, but it's not for everybody. Um, for example, if you cannot lie still for about one and hours, the one uh, then Haifu will not be a procedure for you. So, uh, because you're going, to lie, you're going to lie down. But we also could help by doing, telling you to practice that before the D-Day. If for any reason we suspect any form of cancer mm-hmm. at all, then IFU is not a procedure for you. So we do everything to screen you to see that there is no cancer in you before you do IFU. So, But apart from that, then we look at, there's some relative contraindications the location of the fibroid. Sometimes, when we see that is something that is, uh, we we don't think is something that we can just get away with burning off, then we we tell you to do other uh, methods of care, and that's why we we what we formed is the fibroid care center. So it's not only high food that we can offer there; we can offer almost all forms of treatment of fibroid care.
1: But I mean, Dr. Ajayi, anyone listening right now would prefer to do HIFU, seeing that you don't have to have any courts or you can go home even the same day. So everybody would want to opt for HIFU. But then, as you said, you have to be tested and you have to be certified suitable for that. Uh, You mentioned there are no serious risk during the process. I mean... You've said it already that if the water becomes too hot, you ask the woman to speak up. If she's feeling pains in her legs, you you ask her to speak up. What about after? Have you recorded any serious complications after the entire process, probably a week or two weeks after the entire process is done? Uh,
0: The moment that there is no problem in the first maybe three days after the process, (laughs) there's not likely to be anything wrong again. Okay. So the critical period is, let's say, the first 48 hours after the surgery, and there's not a, no problem at all.
1: Amazing. And we're
0: actually not only looking at only our own center, we're looking at the, the literature. You know? okay. So we hardly do you have the, any complication, especially once you obey, you choose the patient rightly. One, two, the patient also obeys all the do's and don'ts of the Process. Then we save
1: us anything. Amazing. Uh, now let's come to a very important uh, question. When it comes to this new technology, the affordability and the accessibility. Now these two are very germane when it comes to this new technology. How affordable and how accessible is the Haifu in Nigeria? Now is it relatively affordable to to the average woman?
0: Well, I don't know who the average woman is, but it's affordable. <laughs> so I, can, I can tell, <laughs> but uh, unfortunately, for now, there is only one center in the whole of West Africa that can do this, and it's in Nigeria. It's in Lagos, Nigeria now. Uh, but hopefully, over time, other centers will crop up. Um, there are only three machines in the whole of Africa. One is in South Africa, like I said. Another one is in Egypt, and we have one in Nigeria. That's all for now. But over time, maybe, I don't know what's going to happen. But we we just think it's something that we we should uh, avail our women to, because we know that fibroids affect their quality of life. And sometimes the treatment also, uh, can also still do the same thing, affect quality of life. And so that's one of the reasons why we think it's better for women. To be able, you know, I see a lot of women going around with huge fibroids and they're just afraid of surgery. So it's for me, I just think it's a good thing for such people to be able to get their quality of life back without having to do surgery.
1: Dr. Ajayi, you mentioned accessibility, seeing that we have just three of this machine in the whole of Africa, as a continent, South Africa, Egypt, and here in Nigeria. Now, I presume that this might add to the cost. It might make it a little bit expensive to the average woman, seeing that we have just one centre in the whole of Nigeria that offers this service. What do you think the government can do? Can the government do anything? Are there private individuals that can do anything to ensure that the HIFO is readily available and women can always access this service?
0: But, you know, uh, Gloria, sometimes we want to dump everything at the doorstep of government. And mm. now we know what is happening in Nigeria. I'm a little bit careful. I'm a realist. Mm. I don't know whether government should be able to take care of it now because the basic things, there's so many basic things that um, we actually need in the healthcare sector, which are probably one government to face rather now than food, you understand what I mean? Mm-hmm. yeah. So mm-hmm. for me, if it is possible for government to make it available, that would be okay. But I guess that might just be wishful thinking mm. in the present context of things now.
1: I, I agree with you, Dr. Ajay. seeing that we even have only one in the entire Nigeria. Some government uh, officials and some government uh, workers do not even have any idea of what the haifu is. I'm very sure some don't even know that we have this new technology to treat fibroids here in Nigeria. But then that, that's why we will not lose our guards. So we'll keep talking about it on the media, using the media as a powerful tool to um, reach people and let them know that this has come to stay. Your final words, Dr., as we run off.
0: Yes, thank you so much for giving me this opportunity and for all the women who have fibroids because we know that black women especially, we have a lifetime risk of about 80% of having fibroids. What we just think, what we are trying to offer you is another option which is less invasive, which is very safe and which can take care of your fibroids. So just we just want people to know that there is we are always thinking of our women and how to make their lives
1: better. So okay,
0: thank you so much for giving me this opportunity.
1: Amazing. And I've been speaking with the Chief Executive Officer of Nordica Fertility Centre, Dr. Abayo Mihaja is an of Stanford University's Seed Institute for Innovation in Developing Economics, a celebrated gynecologist. And he just spoke to us about the new technology in treating the fibroid known as the high-intensity Focused, Help me with that, doctor. High intensity. Yes, you, you're right.
0: High intensity focus focused
1: ultrasound. ultrasound, amazing. Thank you so much, Dr. Ajayi, for joining me on the show.
0: Pleasure yes. is mine.
1: Now, lengthy hospital stays may be a thing of the past for uterine fibroid patients as these new technologies can now treat patients and see them return home within a day. There's hope and the future is here.